It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. This week on Jordan and Jake. I'm on the sidelines yep. my first week at the Texans. I'm backing up a rookie quarterback, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm going to have to play against the Panthers and all my buddies. But then I watch Ricky Brockle just go up and down the field on us. I was an alternate five times, and out of those five, I only made it once. So I can I can uh, sympathize with you on that. Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome. It is time once again for another episode of the Jordan Jake podcast. Week 16, I guess. The season's nearly biased. Jordan Gross uh, with you as always. And my good friend, Jake DeLome, the highlight of my week. Getting to talk to you. Jake DeLome, how's it going, buddy? Buddy, it's going well, man. I, um, you know, football time, it's week 16, Christmas time right around the corner. Uh, I'm just making sure I got all my gifts that I need to get. You know, things like that. Just making sure, you, you know, you have everything lined up. How about yourself? Uh, I'm I'm doing awesome. I went skiing to Jackson Hole with some Panther alums, guys you didn't play with, but good good dudes. Richie Brockle, who is I remember, I remember him. a fumble ruski. He scored a fumble ruski against your Houston Texans in 2011. I, how about that? I'm on the sidelines yep. my first week at the Texans. I'm backing up a rookie quarterback, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm going to have to play against the Panthers and all my buddies. But then I watch Ricky Brockle just go up and down the field on us. I think he scored <laughs> twice. I think he scored no, twice that his, game. No, that's his only score in his whole career. And we put in the fumble ruski. Chudzinski, our coordinator, put it in like six weeks earlier. And we'd practice it and practice it. And we thought that he'd never call it, right? Well, it was actually one of those calls, Jake, where we called it. We called two plays in a row in the huddle. So it was like some pass to the flat down in the goal line. And then, you know, no huddle, right back to it, fumble ruski to Richie. Okay, so we get we get down there. All right, here we go. Here it is. And everybody's all excited, but we got to run another play first. And no, everyone was hoping that we wouldn't score on the first play. And the pass actually went to Richie into the flat. And Richie got blasted by Brian Cushing so hard, he said if it was any other time, he would have had to come out of the game. But he knew the next play was the fumble <laughs> ruski to him. So he, he didn't score. He comes back in the huddle. And I had the critical job, Jake, on that play because I had to do the two count. All right? So okay. Yes. All the all linemen and, and Jeremy Shockey and Olsen, we're all, we were all out there. We all were just standing up. And Cam was like in a pistol. Uh, no, he was under center. So Khalil was supposed to do this nonchalant snap to to Cam, and then Cam put the ball between Richie Brockle's legs, who was like an offset fullback, and right. then spun out and ran off to the right. So after the snap, I was I was in charge of going one one thousand two one, and then yelling go like my life depended on. And then we all ran a sweep to the left. And he scored. It was amazing. Now. I wish people would understand how critical the timing of that is because you talk about the <laughs> one one thousand two. Do you know how hard that is? Like how many times we ran a play? We had like the, 
you know, we called it the old poop screen, you know, yeah, uh, yep. where you got to go to the right, plant your foot, throw it back to the tight end on the left. It is so difficult for guys just to count to make sure they have the right count. That's hard because the anticipation is just eating away at you, making sure oh, you're that. So ex- yeah, oh. you're so excited. I had to practice the count. One 1,000, two 1,000. Go! And everybody was waiting, man. It was critical. But, and, and then it, those types of plays, a reverse or anything, a trick play that works, man, the whole the whole team is just so excited about it. It's so fun, man. I'll never – that was one of my favorite plays of all time. But anyways, so he went. And then Jeff Byers, who played for four years for us in Carolina, O-lineman, tough uh, guard center guy. He came up and met us too. So we skied in Jackson Hole for two days. My thighs are shot because uh, we went pretty hard. But small football world, I got another story for you. So we're at the top of the mountain, okay? It's 10,500 feet at the top of Jackson Hole. And you have to take a tram to get up there, right? It's a pretty famous okay. like right. spot. And there's just Rocky Mountains, the Teton Mountains all around us. Well, there's this little shack. It's called a cabin, but it's called Corbett's Cabin. And it's famous for uh, you go in there and get beer coffee or and waffles okay so they have like a, a waffle uh, iron okay so we're All sitting right. there we're sitting there me and richie and buyers and another guy that went with me buddy brian and we're eating our waffles and you're sharing a table because it's really small i mean it seats like 20 people you know we're sharing a table with this old guy who uh used to is a is a used to be a ski instructor at jackson hole and he's with this other big guy you know and you can tell when you see a guy that's big enough that he might have played football right right and like a certain look to him so we start talking and the old guy says you guys look like you played some ball and we said yeah we did we played together in carolina oh cool this is chad bratsky he played uh 10 years in the league as well so i start talking to chad bratsky and he his last season was 04 and we played against each other jake and you played against him. He's a D lineman for the Colts in 03 when we beat him in overtime. How about that? Really? That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It is. Small it's, so it's funny on O line, D line, because he's like, I played D line. I said, Ooh, I played O line. <laughs> what, 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 where'd you play? Indianapolis. What years? Oh, uh, last year was 04. We might have played against each other. So he immediately starts trying to figure out if he embarrassed me in some way. But he said he didn't need any sacks that game. So, but I, I need well, to find the tape and check it out. That- that's awesome. You know, so yeah. how are you like a good skier or are you just kind of a novice? I'm a I'm a pretty good skier. I grew up skiing and snowboarding and all that. And so I don't ever wreck. I don't want to get hurt, you know, but I can ski the mountain. And so we have a good time because most of the time when I go, it's with the kids and stuff. And, you know, like my little kid, my three-year-old, that's pretty much Bunny Hill. But my 13-year-old, he likes to ski the mountain. So it's good. You better like, if you live in Idaho, you got to like that, man, because it's snowy right now. There's snow on the ground. You got to have some winter sports to do. But uh, winter, though, Jake, is all about Christmas. And I know we've already mm-hmm. talked holidays. We had Thanksgiving, your favorite holiday. Yeah. But now, by the, the, by the time we're together again in the next podcast here, Christmas will be behind us. Give me the Jake DeLone Christmas, all right? I know for Thanksgiving you got up early like the old man. News on TV, news on your phone, news paper, right? And yeah. one cup of coffee. Is Christmas similar? Yeah, it's somewhat similar. Um, obviously, there's always family, you know, so family obligation, New um, Christmas Eve. So we won't be that late, but it'll be somewhat. And, you know, we um, – we're going to get home. The, the, the older children will go to bed and, you know, 
hopefully Santa and Mrs. Claus were able to put some things out, you know, and, and yeah. they can be there. And then I'm going to get up in the morning, make me a coffee. And like a child, like a little kid, I'm going to wait for my daughters to wake up. And it's just going to be us four. We're going to open some gifts, have some fun. And then next thing you know, we're going to go to my brother's house because he has some younger kids. We'll do that. And then we'll end up at my parents' house for the day. And a bunch of my mom's family will come over. But I'm still like a kid on Christmas morning. I enjoy that. I enjoy the, the true family time together um, and, and the gifts and things like that. So it's a uh, Carrie will definitely have on Christmas music in the background. Really, you know, yeah. really get. We're gonna have the fire on at the fireplace and mm. things like that. So, uh, and that's, that's kind of our world. No crawfish, and, no, cra- no, no, no. That's only not, for what was it? Passover or no? Uh, Good, Friday? Good Friday, George. Good Friday. Good Friday. <laughs> that's gonna, the crawfish holiday. That's I exactly. I you're so give me influences. yes. So give me give me the gross Christmas. What, pretty much the there? same thing. Uh, pretty much same thing. We got a three year old still, so that and a ten year old. So Christmas is you know it's in full effect. We have a bunch of my wife's family over the night before we play bingo, and that usually mm-hmm. goes till kind of late. So I'm rolling on low sleep. Okay, on okay, Christmas hold on, Day. hold on. Is this yeah. a family tradition on Dana's side? Yeah. Or, how, oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Dana's is like it bingo? Is there? Everybody brings a bunch of presents for like five to ten bucks and we wrap okay. them all up, right? So yeah. then when you win bingo, you get to go pick a random present, right? And so it's oh. hilarious though, because like my nine-year-old got a bottle of wine last year, last year. <laughs> or like I'll get fruity pebbles and wrap them up, and Dana's 85-year-old grandma gets all pissed because she got fruity pebbles. And I said, We well, should have shaken the box. You would have known it was. Or like just what you know, like a pair of pliers, just random crap. It's but it's a good time. That's our gift exchange we do. So, and then Christmas is good, and then we'll go up into the mountains and do some more winter activities as the week rolls on. But but first, before Christmas, Jake, I'm going to Indy. So like the Panthers are still in action with two more weeks. But big news was the Pro Bowl this week, Jake. We had Christian McCaffrey. We had Luke Keekley. Neither one of those were yeah. a surprise. Was there right. anybody you thought might make it? And give me your experience being a Pro Bowl player, what that's like getting that news. Well, obviously, I thought Christian was a slam dunk, and you felt pretty certain I think Luke would uh, be there. I thought there was an outside chance with, uh, you know, DJ Moore is having a quiet good year. But really and truly, it almost takes a year for you to kind of come on the scene, and then the following year is when you can kind of um, get into the uh, the Pro Bowl. And so I I just thought those two guys obviously were going to be some slam dunks, and no, anyone else I really wasn't sure about. But my Pro Bowl story is this. So 2003, first year in Carolina, first year starting, um, you know, we go to the Super Bowl that year. Well, then the following year, statistically, if you go back and look at it, that was the best year I've ever had statistically that year. And so we started out the season one and seven due to a bunch of the injuries we had. Uh, and then we came on really strong. Well, I can remember being on the practice field that day and Coach Fox would always announce it to the team. And he would always preface it by saying, hey, listen, I love these awards. I'm happy for you. I don't think they – he goes, there's, listen, there's going to be guys I think belong that are not on there. But that's just the way it goes and things like that. So he goes on and he says, Steve Smith, Julius Peppers, you know, the normal that would say. And he, he would give actually the alternates. 
And he said, first alternate, Jake DeLone. And I remember I was floored because never in my wildest dreams would that even like come into my head. So I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I start thinking, hold on. If one of the guys don't go, I'm going to get to go. Then I start thinking, <laughs> Brent Favre never goes. He never goes to the Pro Bowl. And I know he's one of those, one of the top three. I know he's not going to go. So it's like I couldn't wait. Then I eventually found out the top three were uh, Michael Vick, uh, Dante Culpepper, and I can't remember who the third one was. But the third guy, Donovan McNabb. So fairly young guys, and I think they would go – and so secretly, I was hoping about week 17-ish, 16, or even the first or second round of the playoffs, one of those guys would get a little ankle sprain. Not bad, yes. just a little ankle sprain. Nothing, so bad. Nothing, right. bad. Nothing bad. Nothing bad. Just keep them out of Hawaii. Yes. But unfortunately, none of them got hurt. So we fast forward to the next year. Same <laughs> thing. Unfortunately, Bre- none of them got hurt. That's yeah. Awesome. Foxy breaks, uh, breaks us down and – you know, he kind of – he says his same spiel, and he starts saying the guys. And then I, I, the honest to God's truth, I never really kind of crossed my mind. I, it's like I, I never worried about that. And when he – and he waited for me to be the last one, and he said, oh, and one more made it. It's his first time, Jake DeLome. And I remember the team kind of really hooped and hollered. I remember that. Yeah. I was floored. I was floored. I, but we were rolling along that year, so I'm like – then my mind was like, we're not going to the Pro Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl because we're going to, you know, well, unfortunately, we lost to Seattle in the championship game. So got to enjoy the Pro Bowl, one of the greatest experiences of my life, which made it so easy. Our staff coached it so we didn't have to learn any kind of playbook. I was the one helping the other guys learn. So what a great time, great experience. Couldn't ask for better. So those that's my Pro Bowl story. How about you? Uh, yeah, I made it three times. I was the, I was an alternate five times. And out of those five, I only made it once. So I can I can uh, sympathize with you on that. But the best time, oh, too, the one I'm most proud of is I made it in 2010 when the team was 2-14. and 14. Yeah, And that was, I pass blocked my butt off that year because we lost 14 games, Jake. So we were in red ball for, I think, six days straight that season, man. It was like just... <laughs> And, and honestly, I asked Dave Magazine, our line coach, that year, I was like, what do you think the chance I'd make the Pro Bowl? Because I made it two years earlier, and then the year before I went on IR with a broken leg, he said, zero chance. We're not good enough. And so to find out I made it, that was pretty awesome. But the, the best one, though, was my last season. I was second alternate. And uh, I, the season got over, and somebody, somebody got hurt. So then I was first. I was the next man in line. And same deal. We lost to the uh, Niners in the playoffs. So I thought my football career was over. I was, you know, already started trying to lose weight. Week later, Joe Staley, who was the alternate in front of me, he played in the game and like broke his thumb or something, Jake. So I got a phone call from Dave Gettleman. He said, hey, you're, you made the Pro Bowl. You leave in the morning. So I called my, my mom and Dana's parents and I told my kids, I was like, let's go to Hawaii. So my last game ever was the Pro Bowl. And same deal. Coach Rivera was the staff. I knew all the plays. I had so much fun. It was just a shame I had to play in the game because besides that, <laughs> I, I was not ready, man. I was like two weeks of doing nothing. But I got a picture of me and my wife and my kids, like last game ever on the Pro Bowl. I mean, couldn't ask for a better ending. So I, it's always exciting when these when these things come out. Uh, 
Jake, we got to talk a little bit about the Panthers' QB change. Okay, not yeah. any Pro Bowlers right now, other than Cam Newton, who's you know obviously been out for the year. So Kyle Allen was was the starter for the majority of this year. A lot of people started asking about Will Greer. Uh, Perry Fuel said we need to get him some snaps first. Kind of spotlighted this week is to be the week when he might get his shot, and it looks like that's going to happen. So, talk us through, you know, how you think Kyle Allen did with the opportunity he was given, and what you're looking for out of uh, Greer moving forward. I thought Kyle did a really good job this year. Um, early on, you could just kind of tell he was just kind of letting it letting it all go, just playing. And we went on a roll. We won four games in a row, and um, and then, then we had one game where he struggled a little bit with the fumbles and then, um, we had some turnovers and it just kind of would build from there. We'd have a good game. We'd have a not so good game, then a good game, then a not so good game. And I just think, um, you know, let's say Will starts these last two games. I think this is going to be good for Kyle in the long run, sit back, take a deep breath. We're not going to the playoffs. There's going to be obviously a coaching change and sit back and watch. And I think he can take a deep breath and say, okay, I, ha- I gained valuable experience this year. Um, no one ever thought I-, I would probably play this year. Everybody assumed Cam would be back. Um, what can I learn from and what can I do to get better in the offseason? Because you're looking at a guy that's only go- going to be going in year three. And-, and that's it. I mean, he's young and he's cheap. And I, I mean that in a good way. So he there's a lot of positives to take from what Kyle has done this year. I think the turnover bug kind of started to bite him a little bit and maybe pressing a little too much. And that's a difficult thing to do uh, as a quarterback, especially a young quarterback on a team that's struggling. So fast forward to Will. I went back and I watched all his passing plays in the preseason a couple of days ago. I just I needed to see for myself. And I saw a guy that um, I don't think he has the biggest arm in the world. But he's a guy that can make all the throws that, that need be. I found he got the ball out of his hands quick in the preseason. He did a decent job of getting it out of his hands quick. Um, he does have somewhat of elongated motion. Um, if that's, you know, something that you want to, I don't want to say be concerned about. But listen, he was not playing with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel in the preseason. He wasn't with the starting offensive line. So he's going to have a full week of preparation as the starter. I'm just hopeful he doesn't try to put too much on his plate. Just go out and play. He was a very good quarterback at Florida in the SEC, great talent in the SEC, went to Virginia, did very well there, played in big games. I remember watching him against Texas last year in Austin, bring the team back, score the winning touchdown. They had a flag on the play, had to score again. So I think the game is slower for him. I think he truly slows down in a game. And I'm hopeful to see some of that on Sunday. Um, I just want to see him play turnover free, run the offense. I'm assuming Scott's not going to put too much on his plate. You have some good weapons. You really have good weapons um, offensively. So use those weapons to your advantage and have some fun. And I, and I know that's hard. That's easy to say and hard to do. But you got to have fun with your, when you're playing. You you study like crazy during the week. You do any and everything you can to get yourself ready. And then go let it loose, man. Go let it loose. So that's just kind of my long story on Kyle and Will and, and where I think both of them are at and what I'd like to see for these next two weeks. Yeah, I, I think it's outstanding that it's not a home game. You know, with Will obviously being a Charlotte, North Carolina native guy, just to have that hassle of tickets and friends and everybody 
you know, in the stands watching, having that be removed, I think that's a huge advantage. Uh, you talked about he didn't have Luke, or excuse me, he didn't have Christian, he didn't have DJ and all that in the preseason. Uh, this is this week's going to be so different for him from the last time he got any live snaps back in the preseason because he was the third string quarterback, Jake. So he wasn't even getting hardly any live looks during training camp, and he was throwing to receivers that none of them made the team. And you talked earlier about on the fumble Ruski how critical timing is and all that stuff. So I, I am anxious to see with the with the full cast of characters how he'll do. It makes me think a little bit about uh, Christian's role. The check down would be his best friend, the quick passing stuff, screen games. So does that mean Christian's going to get a little uh, higher or heavier load? And do I feel comfortable with that? I don't know. Because it, it's, it's weird, Jake, when you get into these games and you and I played in them both, you know, Indy's out of the playoffs now. They've had a four-game losing streak and their quarterbacks, Brissett's uh, been in question about whether he's the guy or not moving forward. It's a very similar feel to both teams and just the vibe, you know, how many fans are going to come out probably depends on what the weather's like and the commute. And uh, I'm trying to figure out what I want my goals for this game to be. And you know what, Jake, honestly, back to the same question from last week, do you want to, do you want to win? Do you want to secure the best draft spot possible? Or do you want to just see what Will can do? And if you win, it's, you know, good. If not, you know, Hey, it helps our draft position. What do you do, Jake, if you're in charge of this game? Well, that that's a that's a great point, Jordan. And and honestly, I remember watching it last year live and in person, playing the Saints, the last game of the season. You know, yes, you wanted to see the team play well, and the Saints really weren't playing for anything because they had secured a bye. And you know, the Panthers beat them, and I think it moved them up four slots in the draft. They all moved them down, I should say, four slots in the draft. So that is a fine line. But as a competitor, you always want to win. Um, and just losing six games in a row, it really takes its toll on you. And so I think any type of win would be great. Um, the one advantage we do have, in my opinion, they uh, the Colts had to play on Monday night, and they played in New Orleans. So and they got thumped. <laughs> they they got thumped, and they had they missed a really a whole night's sleep. So they're almost two days behind in preparation and in physical recovery. So you know, hopefully we can jump on them in that way. But I'm anxious to – I want these guys to go out and play. These young linemen that have played Dennis Daly, I mean, like, this is still valuable reps. Let's right. go out and let's play and, and see how good we can be for these next two games. Now, everybody on the Panthers organization, top to bottom, well, they're not the very top. Underneath the very top, everything's up for uh, evaluation and, and players included. I think, Jake, I'm going to make a prediction here. I think we're going to win this game. And I and – I, agree with the draft the draft position thing you said la about last year at the Saints game but I think that the the Colts are going to be down they're going to be back to a home crowd that's not happy to see them their quarterbacks under a lot of pressure right now and uh, they're out of the playoffs and the Panthers what is what they got to lose attitude they got to be just disgusted with the last couple of weeks and the frustrations losing coach Rivera so I think the Panthers come out of this thing with a win and I'm calling it uh right now on the radio and I'll be calling it live Sunday. So you heard it here first, Jake. We're going to beat them by 10 points. I love it, Jordan. I hope you're right. And, um, you know, that's what it's about. It's about winning in this league. And, hey, listen, Christmas is next week. There's a lot of guys on this team that have young kids or, you know, just for themselves. You, it, you always feel good after a win. The sun's a little brighter. Everything just the, uh, the water tastes a little better. Everything is just a little bit better. So I'm hopeful you're right so we can have a Merry Christmas, you know, on a win. I, I hope you're right. 
All right, buddy. Well, I'll talk to you next week after the 10-point win, after Christmas, and uh, looking forward to it, man. Okay, man. Take care. Merry Christmas, guys.